Welcome back to the Bo Sox Crazy Podcast. It's your boy, Tony Levitt, coming here with the regular Red Sox podcast for Crazy Red Sox fans. It's about time. As Rosie O'Donnell said in the great movie, Tarzan. <clears throat> the fun has arrived. More singing in the future? Maybe, maybe not. Hit me up in the Twitters. At Hater Levitt. But more importantly, the fun has arrived. Our finally, our boring, boring offseason has provided, um, I don't know, like an explosion of, of news and excitement. And people are talking baseball again. And I'm so hyped because, drumroll please, the Giants signed Tony Watson, our left-handed reliever of our dreams. That has been the subject of discussion the past couple episodes. Has gone and is off the trade, uh, off the free agent market. And I am sorry to say he has not signed with the Red Sox. But who the hell am I kidding? Holy shit! Jamie Martinez is here. I know that we knew that he knew that we knew that we know that Scott Boris knew and that everybody else knew. J.D. Martinez was coming to the Sox. And you know what? Fuck it, because I'm hyped. I'm so excited, and you should be too. More brain analysis on that later, but just for the moment. Mmm. Mmm. I just watched like eight hype videos of J.D. Martinez smashing dongs last year. And you know what? After I finish recording, this is 1.27 a.m. right now. It's work tomorrow. I have work after I sleep. But you know what? I'm probably going to go watch some more videos. I'm smashing dongs because guess what? J.D. Martinez is coming to town and lands down street. Can get ready. People better get baseball-proof umbrellas because he's going to be raining balls out there on that street. Ugh! I'm so hyped. It's a damn time. Oh, it only took a full season for us to get someone to replace Poppy and Echas Vishalom. God forbid, I should suggest that J.D. Martinez is actually replacing Poppy, but someone to fill his shoes and take down that mantle as that powerful D.H. in the middle of our lineup, anchoring a strong Red Sox team that is on the way to glory and greatness and destruction of those bastards in New York. Now, I don't know if you can tell based off my tone of voice, but I'm hype. And not just hype in general, but I mean hype for the future, the next two years especially of the Red Sox because god damn it we're back we're back making splashes in free agency like it's 2003 bringing in Manny bringing in Poppy uh I'm like uh just so excited and uh, like if if my word to guttural sound ratio is off this week I'll have to apologize because we just got some fucking great news and I'm sorry but we have grandpa and Imanaba and, and whoever else you know, uh, for my family who's watching, and all, all, all the swearing, but I'm just so hyped right now, and anybody who's not uh, in my family and, and, is, and is bothered by these curses, like, really, my apologies go out to you, but, like, ugh, I'm sure you want to use some, like, guttural sounds and, like, crazy words, because we got good news coming out of Boston. Jenny Martinez is coming, and he's gonna freaking smash some dongs, and he's gonna hit some homers, and, and I, I don't know, like, lead the AL and OPS or some shit, and it's gonna be great, because he's gonna be doing it with red socks on his shirt and on his hat, and I'm so hype, I'm so hype, you know, and and I thought it was so funny, so funny, I go on Twitter, I, I, you know, I get the news from Police Report and ESPN all at once on my phone, and so, 
um, I, you know, I go to Twitter, and I see within, like, I don't know, an hour, the Diamondbacks have signed Gerard Dyson to a two-year deal, and I'm just like, oh, you know, uh, the, the Diamondbacks, uh, uh, failed with their number one option, so they went to their fallback option, just a slight downgrade, Gerard Dyson's hit approximately three home runs in his entire career, no disrespect to the man, he's a good fielder, a good runner, but obviously he's not J.D. Martinez, I just thought that, that was funny, a real drop-off for those guys, um, and, you know, Shout out to the Diamondbacks, who have a decent amount of Red Sox influence with, you know, obviously Mr. Lovello uh, uh, heading up the team. But, yeah, it's funny because we got JD and they got a backup, basically. And, and, ooh, ooh, we're a much better team than the Diamondbacks. We're a much better team than most teams. And that feels good. And having JD Martinez a bat that we, again, we knew, we knew this was happening. I saw a great tweet. I'm already forgetting who it was, and I apologize for not giving credit, but it was like, JD Martinez calls his mom, and he's like, Mom, you'll never guess. And his mom's like, What? And he's like, I signed with the Red Sox. And she was like, Yeah, didn't that happen weeks ago? And, and it was so spot on. But just like, I know we knew, but it's finally happened. And you know, because. Yeah, as as Red Sox fans, we just kind of expected to have the 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 carpet pulled out from under us. But man, this is so exciting! Um, you know, ownership spoke this morning about how you know our team is going to regress upwards. Uh, you know, to better hitting on the hitting front, and you you know, even you know, with the positive regression for the Red Sox, you had to raise your eyebrows when they said that, just because you know, <laughs> well we. We had a tough year on the offensive end last year. That's, that goes without saying. Um, but you know, to re- to get back to 2016 levels, like um, you know, John Henry suggested, I just don't think it was going to happen without that that injection of an outside source. And, and with JD Martinez yeah, coming in today, you have to wonder if they knew this was in the works, that there was in the pipeline already. Um, just really fantastic news. So you know, weird stuff from the owners today, but who the hell cares? Because we got just got monster bat. Obviously, by now, I'm sure you've seen the contract. Five years, $110 million, which is like literally $100 million less than he was asking for at the beginning of the, the offseason. Um, <laughs> Sucka Scott Boris, and obviously, you know, I have my my problems with, with rooting against um, someone making making enough money that where it's commensurate with their value, and I'm, I really don't think that this, is, this money is as much as... Um, JD Martinez is worth, but it's a weird off season. It's a particularly weird season to be or off season to be a free agent. Obviously, with the Yankees and the Dodgers trying to stay under the luxury tax, and some of the other bigger teams not necessarily being in the running, and some of the teams that are already kind of um, you know playoff contenders you know, don't necessarily have space for a guy like JD Martinez. You know, you're looking at Chicago and Cleveland. I don't know if you know they would have space just because of their roster construction. So it was weird that there wasn't much competition. But obviously, for five years. 110 million. You know, every team should have been in on this. This is a fantastic deal, a really, really good deal. Um, you know, obviously we front loaded it. He's making 50 million dollars uh, through the first two years, so 25 a pop, and then 72 through the third year, which means that the third year he's going to be making 22 million. Quick math off the top, and an opt out after each of those two years. So an opt out after year two and after year three. And honestly, like I know that usually we look at player options as, you know, player-friendly, and, and it really is, you know, it gives JD an opportunity, you know, if in the next two years he just, you know, continues this pace and, I don't know, like, hits 50 home runs this year and 45 the next, and, you know, continues his monstrous OPS, and he's just, you know, coming out here with, you know, WRC pluses in the 150s or something like that, obviously he's going to opt out and he's going to make uh, all the money, and, and well-deserved, and, and we should appreciate that, you know, no no uh, no harm, no foul if he opts out to make more money, because, like, you know, he... he, he would have then at that point 
done you know all all he could for us as as Red Sox fans um you know and and we should feel no ill will to him if after two years or three years he opts out because you know he has provided for us and produced for us at a high level and thus feels that he can make that money um but I also think that you know let let's assume for a second uh JD you know just does what we expect him to do in the next two three years and he just rakes and and he hits really well and he and he carries the team on his broad shoulders and uh, oh man i'm gonna god i'm so excited to have him here but if you know he produces for us in, in these next two three years and he opts out you know it's it's not the end of the world because he's 30 years old now like i i know you know if he produces for the next few years, you'll feel we'll feel silly right after the fact if we don't re-sign him or something, you know. And he goes somewhere else, but you know, we won't have to deal with him going into thirty-two to thirty-five. He has been injured, uh, you know, a good amount in the past in the past ten years as you know he's progressed in the major leagues and grown into the player he is. And so to not have to you know have that injury risk on our shoulders, you know, when he is you know getting up there in age as. Um, you know, ball players do, and, and and he gets into those years where slug, you know, slow sluggers uh, tend to kind of fall off. You know, it wouldn't be the end of the world if you know he's not on our team. Obviously, I hope for only success for JD with the Red Sox and beyond. But you know, if if we can keep him for five years, one hundred ten million, and and no opt outs already this is a good deal and if you know he just produces at the level he's at for two years and then kind of slowly you know falls off over the last three years i'm fine with that that's a good deal a really really good deal for the red sox you know it's freaking eric hosmer like got it was eight years 170 something crazy like that like we got an incredible deal i mean think about this like justin upton who is not even close to in the league as JD Martinez got five years, 105 million, and and we, we pay five extra million for JD Martinez. This is amazing. This is a great contract. And and, and while I'm at it, comparing it to other contracts, a, a billion percent better than Giancarlo Stanton. And you know, obviously, big deal for the Yankees to get Stanton. But we are you know just getting so much more bang for our buck, and there is almost no difference between Giancarlo and JD over the past four years. You know he's basically been one of the best power hitters in baseball, you know period uh, since 2014. And last year he pretty much was the best power hitter uh, in baseball. Better contract than Stanton. Better WRC plus than Stanton. Obviously Giancarlo had um, more home runs, but everything else. You know, lean J.D. Martinez. In the last four years, he's got, like, you know, shout out to um, Brian Kenny for just an amazing segment. If you haven't seen it, you should totally check it out. It's on his Twitter page. Uh, put him in the shredder. I, I love that segment. And, you know, he just discussed for six minutes how incredible J.D. Martinez is. And, and it's so exciting to watch that video now, knowing that all this amazing value is coming to the Red Sox. For the last four years, Brian pointed out his slash line, J.D. Martinez slash line is 300, 362, 574. That's obscene. That's obscene. And he's been a top five hitter in baseball all five of those years. And he's on a sick contract. Uh, and, and is for the Red Sox, and I'm so hyped. Uh, amazing Twitter uh, follow, Red Sox Stats, pointed out that he was the best hitter in baseball last year versus fastballs, and the Red Sox as a team, you know, the guys who are coming back from the team last year, were terrible against fastballs. Um, and so it's great to have that in the team. I don't really know what that means in terms of, you know, the way other teams pitch our, our guys, but, you know, hype. Good to have a guy who can hit fastballs on, you know, 
there is not going to be much to complain about right now with JD Martinez and adding him to the mix. You know, I, I don't know if that means anything, but you know, the the best hitter in baseball versus fastball is good for him. You know, good for us, I guess. You know, it's just great. I like hearing good things about players who play for our team. You know, he he obviously changed his approach last year. You know, before 2017, he was a majority pull hitter, and then he shifted a large percentage of his homers to right field. He was pretty much evenly split, left, center, right. Um, and I just wonder if coming to, to Fenway, he's going to revert and kind of take advantage of that short porch in left field. You know, we always, over the years, have loved to have that right-handed slugger coming into Fenway just because... At the end of the day, like it, it, the optics are amazing, you know. Just it's 308 down the line, like 308. You know how many 308 he hit last year? Like a billion. JD Martinez can hit 308, a ball 308 feet, when he's like yawning and stretching his arms. If you just like put a wiffle ball bat in his arm while he was sleeping and he he wasn't paying attention and he yawned and spread his spread his arm just his left hand, he could probably whack a wiffle ball. I don't know, two three thousand feet in the air because he's freaking monster and you know it wouldn't surprise me if he starts yanking the ball hopefully that doesn't you know he he don't doesn't get you know caught up in worrying about getting the ball out in left field and and obviously that could be detrimental if he focuses too hard on pulling the ball but i I don't think jd martinez you know such a cerebral guy really was able to change the way he approached hitting uh in order to get to this level of success you know i i don't think that should be a problem for him and now, you know, just thinking about where he fits in into our lineup, man, this is, I mean, our lineup all of a sudden looks really, really deep. We've got Mookie Betts in right field, Andrew Benintendi in left field, Jenny Martinez, the monster, DH. And here's where it gets interesting. I think everybody, everybody you know, um, is kind of looking at the top three in the order like that. Um, it should be interesting how the bottom six in the order shake up in terms of how, Alex Cora decides to arrange them. I don't think um, there's much question that Jackie Badley Jr. and Christian Vasquez are going to be batting 8th and ninth, maybe occasionally batting 7th for Jackie. But the middle four slots, I think it'll be interesting. With um, I think it'll turn out that Rafi, uh, bat, obviously at third base, will bat 4th. And then either Xander Hanley will uh, bat 5th. I think, you know, obviously Hanley will start out the year batting mostly, uh, playing first base, mostly when we face left-handed pitching. You know, last year he sucked against lefties, which was very confusing because his whole career he's just absolutely mashed lefties. Um, And so he'll for sure be getting that weak side of the platoon, um, starting at first base when we're playing against uh, left-handed pitchers. But I think, you know, it it would make sense. Hanley obviously has a much stronger bat over his career than Mitch Moreland, and I think he could slide into some more at-bats in the short side of the platoon. If he gets hot and, you know, starts hitting right-handed pitchers, I think that it just makes sense. Alex Cora said yesterday that Hanley's getting overlooked. You know, he was the Sox best hitter in, in last year's postseason and, and over his career. I mean, he's been a great hitter. And this might be a good thing in my mind because, you know, he struggled to carry the load last year with Poppy out. You know, he was then going to have to be that big bat in the middle of the lineup, and he just wasn't able to, pr- to produce in that level. And I wonder if he's, you know, better as a sidekick, let's say, at this point in his career, you know, batting behind Big Poppy, batting behind a guy like J.D. Martinez. I think I think that could be nice for him. So I imagine when he is in the lineup, he'll be batting fifth. When Mitch Moreland is starting at first, prob- most likely, you know, to start the year against right-handed pitcher, right-handed pitchers, I think he'll be batting sixth and Xander batting fifth. And I think Hanley will bat fifth when he's in the lineup and then Xander will slide down to sixth. Uh, to start out the year, we're going to have Eduardo Nunez batting second. And I think regardless of... Um, 
who is playing second base, whether it's Eduardo or Pedroia when he comes back. I think that's probably where our second baseman's going to hit sec- seventh in the order, and then obviously rounding out with Jackie Bradley Jr. and Christian Vasquez, which is honestly like a really strong back end of the lineup. We're looking strong. I think I think between positive regression, you know, towards a better hitting team, and obviously this new addition in the middle of the lineup, our, our batting order is going to be fierce. You know, you know, talking about Eduardo Nunez, obviously we've got just like a weird mix of you know guys who can potentially play in the field. I think we're gonna have to minimize JD Martinez playing time in the outfield. He was like a really a bad fielder last year, a negative player in the field. I think because of that we're gonna have to minimize his time in the outfield and you know he's gonna be our fourth outfield for sure. But you know I wonder if he'll get a few um, you know starts here and there at first base. Maybe if we get an injury um, you know, just because after Hanley leaves, uh, you know, I wonder if against lefties, say, next year, you know, Mitch Moreland will sit and J.D. Martinez will um, play first. And who knows who, you know, DHs, I don't know. I'm just wondering if that's a potential possibility, especially as we look towards the the end, the second half of the J, uh, J.D. Martinez contract. Obviously, Mitch Moreland is uh, tied to the team this year and next, and potentially... J.D. Martinez could be opting out by them, but, you know, if he's staying with the team, you know, in years three through five, I wonder if, you know, we might get get him in a little bit at first base and then have someone else DH. Obviously, J.D. Martinez makes sense at the DH, and I think that's where he'll be for the majority of the time, you know, however long he's with the Red Sox, but I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. But at the same time, for now, he's definitely going to be the fourth outfielder. You know, he'll take starts from Jackie Bradley and Andrew Benintendi uh, when we face a lefty pitcher, and he'll play left in whichever the two, Jackie and Andrew are still in the field. You know they'll slide over to center field. And, you know it's it, it. He wants to play outfield, and I think you know because of that, he is you know gonna see some time out there. If Hanley is hot, uh, you know potentially get him some maybes at the DH, and you know he'll he'll be moved around. I think a little bit. You know the first base is a question. Obviously we have Sam Travis. You know waiting in the wings to potentially uh, play a corner infield spot. Um, but I think you know it, it might not be terrible to have JD check out first base, let's say, a little bit. In the meantime, this large contract means we have to cut some salary to stay under the cap. Um, there's a little bit of confusion uh, going around Red Sox uh, Twitter as to how much this brings us, what this brings us to. You know, somewhere between 232 and 239 or so uh, dollars on our uh, payroll, and we just have like a lot of guys on the bubble. We've got Bryce Brands, Sue Aylin, Brock Holt, Devin Marrero, Marco Hernandez, Blake Swart, Blake Swihart, say his name right, you know, Sandy Leon. We just got a lot of guys who are kind of on, on the back end of that bubble, and all of a sudden, we've got like, you know, we're too deep on like starting caliber bats that are on our bench and I didn't I didn't even you know that's not including these guys with Hanley and Eduardo once you know Pedroia comes back um, we've got two guys on the bench who are starting caliber bats uh, and then behind them you know we're gonna have all these guys and it, it just makes sense that you know at least one if not a couple of these guys are not gonna be with the team you know, at the start of the year obviously uh, it's tough to see these guys who have been with the team for a while go um, 
but you know it, it, this is just how the business works. I don't think Sandy Leone is going anywhere because of how much um, Chris Sale likes having Sandy behind the plate. I think the team also really likes having his bat as a potential option to spell Christian Vasquez. Um, you know we've talked uh, at, at nauseum really in the past few episodes about how the Red Sox view Blake Swihart as part of the plan, and so I think you know the the most obvious option uh, is cutting Brock Holt, and you know and, and I'm I. I've mentioned in the past that you know I, I think it as a, a team with as many resources as the Red Sox like I wonder if it's actually a big deal for us to go over the luxury tax but it seems that regardless of how I feel about it the, you know the Red Sox are planning on avoiding that second level of luxury tax that will you know incur major fines and, and potential loss of draft picks and so you know we have to kind of project forward is to see what what they'll do and you know most people are talking about cutting Brock Holt and that that would free up uh, two and a quarter million, and we'd only be paying him 350k. You know, 350,000. Uh, you know, we already brought him into spring training, but if we DFA him, um, you know, he'll probably sign on somewhere else, and it'd be a shame to see him go. Obviously, he's beloved in uh, the Red Sox, you know, um, clubhouse, but it it just didn't make sense to me in the first place. Um, you know with his health concerns and his declining performance, we've got a lot of good clubhouse guys. And I just wonder, I, I didn't see why we signed him in the first place. And, and now that we need to cut some space, I think, it, you know, sorry to see Brock go, but I, I think that's, you know, the logical step. It wouldn't surprise me also if one of the Devin Marrero, Marco Hernandez, Sue Lin, Bryce Brent, uh, you know, group ends up, you know, not with the Red Sox. At least one of them probably will end up in AAA, Sue Lin, Devin Marrero maybe, I don't know, but, you know, Bryce Brents, Marco Hernandez maybe end up in a, in a small trade. It's just, it doesn't seem like there's space for these guys, you know, as as having extra pitchers has become more and more prevalent and, and also valuable, it, it makes little sense to me, and I think it won't make sense to the Red Sox to keep so many guys on the bench. I imagine we won't have more than four bench bats, and with Sandy and Swihart and um, Hanley and... Um, who am I missing? I'm spazzing out here. I don't know. Um, I already said it, but the point of the story is we've got four guys on the on the bench already, so we'll probably end up with a fifth, and that's a lot of guys to carry. That'll be 13 position players, which leaves only 12 spots for pitchers. Five of them are going to be starters, which means we'll only have seven guys in the bullpen. Usually we like to carry eight. Um, but for now, I think, you know, to start out the season, I think that's how it's going to be. Um, projecting forward, we're going to have a very interesting... Uh, situation in the next couple of years, obviously, so many more free agents, um, and, and you know, it's weird to project forward um, beyond this year because ne- you know, now with JD in the mix, I, I really think this is a promising year. You know, we've talked about how these next couple of years, when we have sale, we have Kimbrel under contract, you know, this is going to be um, the focus. These are the two years when we can really compete hard. Um, you know, obviously with Mookie and Jackie Bradley, we've got this core, Devers and Benny. You know, this is the team. This is the team that, you know, will compete, you know, and obviously as as the Red Sox, we know we can, you know, reshuffle and retool each year because of, you know, the amount of money the Red Sox bring in. That said, you know, given what we know now, you know, these are our two years. With that said, you know, we have a lot of money coming off the books in the next couple of years. Hope you know, I, I only wish good for Hanley, but 
you know, God willing, Hanley won't be here after this year. You know, JD could potentially opt out after two years or three. Chris Sale's contract is up in two years. Hopefully we can lock him back up, but still, you know, he w is currently scheduled to come off the books in two years. Pablo Sandoval, Rick Barcelo, Mitch Moreland all coming off the books in 2019, and there are good, there's a good free agent crop then. And I wonder if we'll have that in mind next year as we look at free agents, and obviously in 2019. But more importantly, let's come back to this year, the division race, because, you know, as our ownership and, and, and front office and management have, have been telling us all offseason, they, they refuse to let us forget, we're the defending AL East champs, and meanwhile, we're de defending against a really stacked Yankees team. I'm trying not to give too much attention to those bastards in the Big Apple right in my backyard, but this they have a really good team. I think we have a better team. Um, you can quote me on that. Um, I'm not a big enough thing for freezing hot takes, but if someone wants to uh, shout out freezing hot takes and tell them the Time 11 on the Bosox Crazy Podcast, at Hated11 on Twitter, you know, said that the Red Sox have a better roster uh, than the Yankees do, uh, quote me on it, sure. Uh, someone just project, uh, pointed out that now for projected war, I forget if it's Fangraphs or BRAF, it doesn't really matter, uh, Red Sox are now ahead of the Yankees projected for 2018, and I think that's true. You know, this is going to be a great competitive uh, division battle. You know, could could we potentially compare the you know 2018-2019 seasons to 2003-2004? Probably not, but, you know, I'm down for that vibe. I'm ready for that vibe. It's been a while, and, you know, I love hating the Yankees. When I was two years old, when I was watching, you know, games with my uncle and, you know, learning about the Red Sox from my father, you know, I don't even remember who taught me this, but so someone taught me this phrase, and they would ask me, Tani, what's better than the Red Sox winning? And uh, the answer was the Yankees losing, and I love that hate, and I love having the opportunity to hate. You know, I, I would never, ever, ever wish for the Yankees to be good, but if they must... It's, you know, it's better that it be in a time when we're a great team so we can battle because I love that battle. I love that competitiveness. I love that rivalry. You know, I, I shout out to John Corrales, the Locked on Celtics podcast, because he was saying this about the Celtics and the Lakers, too. You know, you want you want your enemies to feel the most pain. And I really, really do. Anybody who wears pinstripes on a regular basis, I'm sorry, but I hope you trip and fall. Nothing like too serious. Like, don't break an ankle or anything, but like, I hope you embarrass yourself in front of, you know, the girl you have a crush on or, or, or the guy you have a crush on because I wish ill will on Yankees fans. Like, I really do. Not a lot of ill will, just a good amount. And I never want them to be happy because of the Yankees. But if they have to have a good roster, let it be when we have a good roster so we can battle and then inflict all that pain upon them, the losing to the arch rival, which will be us. which And we will prevail. We will be the better team this year because... The Yankees suck and the Red Sox rule, and that's just how it is. You know, obviously, I didn't get to uh, the roster tiering that I promised uh, at the beginning of the weekend. I did not do any of the schedule preview. We'll come back to that later this week. Uh, I have a travel schedule, so I can't promise that it'll come out on Thursday. It might come out Wednesday or Friday. We'll see. Uh, it depends on really my travel schedule um, for work and family. But in the meantime, Give yourself a pat on the back. Wear your Red Sox hat to work tomorrow. Wear that pullover that you spent way too much on on MLB.com because the Red Sox are back. Baseball's right around the corner. We've got exhibitions on freaking Thursday. I'm going to watch them 
Oh my god, I'm so hype. You should be hype. The Red Sox are hype. Alex Cora is hype. Everybody wearing socks that are red is hype. Boston is hype. Let's get freaking going because, uh, welcome to Boston. J.D. Martinez cannot wait. Oh, this is Tiny Levin. I'm signing off the Bo Sox Crazy Podcast. Regular Red Sox podcast for crazy Red Sox fans. Until next time, peace.